Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. Today I want to talk about the power of a miracle and the expectation of a miracle. If we're talking about the kingdom of God being here now, then I think we can't say that we shouldn't see miracles happening in our midst. If we are really pursuing God, I feel like miracles should be part of what we experience and we see in life. Now, I think that's part of the journey and part of like growing and identifying and seeing God at work in our life, but uh, we, have to, uh, we have to realize that God is, is working all the time, and he's never late. He's always on time. Now, have you ever been late somewhere? Now, recently, the worst place I've decided to be late to is the airport, okay? I can handle if I'm late somewhere else. I still don't like it, uh, but if I'm going to the airport, there's no grace there that anyone there is gonna wait for you if you're running late. Have you ever been in that scenario right there? And recently, uh, I had to make a run to the airport and uh, it was actually, I wasn't leaving anywhere, but I was just picking someone up, and I was running extremely late, uh, just out the door late, so I'll just own it right there. But then, uh, beloved Indianapolis traffic and construction uh, waylaid my plans of catching up and speeding a little harder or something, so I'm just admitting my, my faults here, people, so just just, sit, just follow me here. Uh, but I, I just... I'm, I was just ranting in the car like, man, all the construction, it's slowing me down. So I, I'm thinking, okay, I can make up time. I can be just a few minutes late. But then I get caught in bumper-to-bumper construction traffic and for, for who knows why, but they went down to, you know, one lane and uh, out of seven, they just felt like they wanted to have one lane and punish everybody here in, in our city. And so there's no work going on in those areas, but you're just like, what's going on? Like, let's... And... Um, and as I was late, I remember just thinking, okay, I got to find another route. I got to figure out another plan. So I started to pull up my Waze app and say, okay, get me around this. How do I get, what's the best way? Can I cut through the city? Can I get off the highway here and find another path and uh, get rerouted? And, and uh, just I'm reminded that in life that at times we get rerouted. Uh, but ultimately that God has a plan and that he can do miracles in our midst. And uh, I'm happy to tell you that uh, God did a miracle through the Waze app and they found me a pathway that uh, I would have never, ever taken on my own that got me past all of the the traffic. I got off the highway and I I actually wasn't too bad. I was running late, but I I made it there before uh, the person was out so I could pick them up. But man, talk about a stressful experience. That's what I feel in those moments. I feel stressed. Like, how do I get past this? How do I do this? And uh, I look for the opportunity to look for the, the way to turn and how to get past it. And I think a lot of times we do that in our life. We feel like, okay, how do I get past this? How do I do this? Like, how do I see this playing out? How do I like uh, navigate this and get around the obstacle or get through the season that I'm in? And we try to like, in our own power, like figure it out with our own logic and with our own experience. But faith is sometimes about just leaning into the fact that, hey, God's got it under control. Like he knows, like he's the Waze app, if if I can say it like that. Like he's the Waze app uh, and he's guiding us around all the obstacles. It might take us a little longer, but in the end, it's like we were singing this morning, he's good and he's working it to the good and he's got a plan for you and he's got miracles that are gonna be along the way. 
and he's got a miracle waiting for you. So I'm just here to t- today just to say, listen, I want to live my life expecting the miracles that God is going to do. I want to expect them, and I want to look for them. You see, God has the power in your life to, to do miracles. The miracles we read about in Scripture, they're not just, hey, that's for them, or that was for another time, or God does miracles in other people's life. No, God does miracles in your life. He wants to do a miracle in your life. Maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's in your job, maybe it's personally in your heart and some wounds in the past of things you're just you're dealing with and going through and some stuff in, uh, uh, from your family that you just need to work through, and God wants to do those types of miracles in all of our lives. And as today we uh, just focus in on the miracle that God's doing in our church, I, I'm, I'm grateful that we're seeing people's lives transformed and them growing closer to Christ. And that means that what we're doing as a church is effective. We want to see the kingdom of God come now. We want to see it happen in our midst. And I'm praying and, and I want to celebrate the miracles that God is doing in your life. I know there's things that God has already done. And sometimes, again, we don't always see them or we don't always recognize them. We think it's just a coincidence or circumstance. But God is ordering up good things in your life. And it's our job to see them, uh, believe in them, uh, be ready for it, and be ready for what God is going to do. And when we face a problem, though, I think we get all worked up about it. We get all worked up about it. We're just, okay, I'm facing a challenge. I'm facing an unknown. I'm facing something right now. And you know what? I, if I'm honest, I get impatient about it. I'm just like, I want it now. Like, let's happen. I'm looking for it to happen right now. Instant gratification. God, I feel like I should be able to get on my knees and pray, and God is going to make it happen. I feel like I'm going to be able to call him up and just say, God, here's what I need. It's like the, the, like Amazon Prime. Like I can go online and order what I need, and he's going to deliver it within hours or the next day. But if God doesn't work like that. His timing's not like that. So I get impatient. You might get worried. You might actually let uh, that worry turn into anxiety and a fear that just builds up in your life. And that's not the place where God wants any of us to live. He doesn't want you to live in fear. He doesn't want you to live in worry. He doesn't want you to live in impatience and frustration in your life. That's not the place. But we should be living in a place of faith where we're just trusting God and we're sitting back and saying, you know what? I'm expecting a miracle. And that's a proclamation that I, over and over in my life, just feel like I gotta make it all the time. Like, here I am. I'm at an obstacle. I can't see the way through. And I don't know what the solution is. But that's the point that it's like, man, God, I maybe I drop to my knees and I say, God, I'm expecting a miracle. I need you to do something. And that's a posture I feel like all of us can, can grab hold of. We can be reminded of today that it's not like the place where we should just be trying to figure out all the solutions and how we get there and how it happens and worried about it and impatient and fearful. But instead, we should be in a place where we're living expecting a miracle from God. Come on, like, let's just... Let's just take a deep breath right now and let that soak in, okay? And maybe you just need to tell someone, look at someone right now next to you and say, I'm expecting a miracle. You can say it loud, soft. You can, you know, nudge them a little bit. But tell them right now, say, I'm expecting a miracle. We got to let that sink in right there. That's good, you guys. You're not rowdy today, but that's okay. We'll get you fired up a little bit. But let's look at scripture today in Luke chapter 8 because Jesus did a lot of miracles. He did a lot of miracles. He did miracles because they were signs and wonders to the power of God. But the miracle was just a, 
was just something that he put there to get people's attention to the message that he was proclaiming in their life. And that was salvation. And that was that the kingdom of God was near. And we see in Luke chapter 8, verse 40, and we're going to read several verses here of a story of people that led with faith. They led with faith. As Jesus was traveling and he was teaching, they came to him with their need. And this is what it says. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and he fell at Jesus' feet, pleading to him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. Man, think of that. I mean, if you're a parent, just think of the desperation that you would have in that moment. And this is what it continues on saying. It says, as Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds, and a woman in the crowds had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she, would find, and she could find no cure. And it says, coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped. That's, let me just pause right there. We're going to pick it up a few verses later because here Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house. Jairus is praying and believing and hoping that Jesus will do a miracle. And all of a sudden, there's an interruption. There's a detour. There's, there's, Jesus is sidetracked because a woman with great faith herself comes up and touch, touches Jesus. And this is a miraculous moment right here. It's a miraculous moment that she's healed. She couldn't find a cure anywhere else. But I, I think I look at this, and I, I don't want to focus on today on the woman that reached out and touched Jesus. I want to focus on Jairus because I, I'm reading this story, and I'm thinking, what was Jairus feeling in those moments? What is his reaction? Now, if I put myself in the shoes, I'm probably like, again, impatient. I'm ready. I'm frustrated. I'm like, yeah, I'm happy that Jesus healed her. Like, that's pretty cool. But Jesus, how about my issue? How about what I'm facing? How about my little girl? I, you know, I would, I, would, I would be wowed by that, but I would also know that the human side of my flesh would just come out and just be like, I'm frustrated. Maybe it'd be to the point of anger. Maybe you've looked at other people's miracles that they, they had things God's doing in their life and you look at it and there's a little bit of jealousy or just a little bit of anger that rises up and you're thinking, man, I'm frustrated. I'm, here I am, I'm struggling and striving and trying to get there. And you've been in a place where you're frustrated. Maybe, maybe the scripture doesn't tell us what Jarius' reaction is, but I gotta think that he had some of those questions right there in that moment. If we keep going, if we cut just a few verses later in verses 49 and we keep going to read this, it says that while he was still, uh, as he, uh, while he was still uh, speaking to him, excuse me, let me just get it up on my notes here because it's real small. Uh, the message, a messenger arrived. So a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and he told him, "Your daughter is dead. There is no troubling the teacher now." Don't worry, don't call Jesus. That's what he's saying. But when Jesus heard what happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith, and she will be healed. And when they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go with, uh, in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. And the house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, stop weeping. She isn't dead, she's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. That's an important part right here. 
their perspective is off in the power of Jesus right here. They see Jesus entering the room and he's proclaiming, oh, she's just sleeping. And they're like, yeah, right, she's dead. And in that moment, they're laughing. The crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. And then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. And then Jesus told, uh, told, told them to give her something to eat. And her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell what, uh, anyone what happened. I think that's even a key part of the scripture and story right there is that Jesus is saying, listen, this is a miracle but I don't want people to get sidetracked by the miracle. It's the power of God that I'm coming, and I'm coming with the message. Again, he's saying, listen, this is a sign, but it's a sign pointing to God. It's an amazing miracle, but I, I think of Jarius here. He's desperate. You know what? Desperate people need a miracle. They're, they're, they position themselves in that place where there's no other options. I need a miracle. That's why Jarius went to Jesus. He needed to reach out. He knew he needed God to work. And I want to remind you of a couple things about Jesus and about God this morning. The first is this, that everyone has a place next to Jesus. You see, Jarius had a place to approach Jesus, but so did that woman. And it's important for us to understand that they were in a different place when it comes to their social status. You see, it tells us in, those, in that passage there that Jarius was a synagogue leader. You see, he would have had some stature. He would have been well-respected. People would have looked up to him. And then we hear the description of the woman, and it was a woman that had suffered with blood, uh, issue of blood, that it was incurable. And in those days, there would have been an uncleanness. She would have been a social cast out, uh, like cast out of society and, and really kind of in a different social standing and light that people would have looked at her than Jarius. And I think we can't forget the fact that Every person has a place next to Jesus. So I don't know where you're at or where your, your faith journey is at, but let me tell you, the more you get close to Jesus, the more you're going to see the miracle. And every single person in our church, in this city, and all around the world has a place at the, at the feet of Jesus, no matter what their background and what their history is. Because you know why? We all have junk, and we all need miracles. But the ground at, at the feet of Jesus is level. There's no hierarchy. There's no social status. There's no preference to wealth and income. There's no uh, preference to the back, your background. And it doesn't matter how many frequent flyer miles that you have. You know, like, there's, it's equal. And I'll just pause on that because that's where you don't see the equality in life right there. When you get on a plane and you have to load on that plane and you're riding coach middle seat in the back and you walk by all those people in first class and they're just sipping a drink and just chilling on their big wide seat and you know you're about to get into a sardine can and just be crammed in there for two hours and you're on that plane and they're just relaxed and chilling and you got to do the walk of shame right past them. Listen, I've done it so many times. I've been carrying a backpack and felt like, boom, I'm just going to swap around and accident accidentally hit them a little bit, you know, like, Lord, help me in those moments, you know, and then they pull that little curtain close that you can still see through, but it's just like a divider that we're going to show, like, you can't go past it, but we're going to still show you all the good stuff that they have up there and uh, show you how bad you got it. Listen, I've been there. I've been there. There's no social status in the kingdom of God. It's all, it's all the same. It's all the same class. We're all, 
We're all at that place. And listen, I remember, <laughs> I'll joke about that, but I remember not too long ago, Jamie and I were on a flight somewhere. We were actually traveling to Mexico and uh, our flight got canceled and they rebooked us and, they, and when it was a big plane, and it, it, they put us in first class. And man, we were like, yes! Like, and this wasn't like first class, like, a, like just, hey, a little bit extra room and recliner. It was the like pod first class where you get in. It was an international plane. And it like, I could lay down. I had my own giant TV screen. They were bringing me drinks and like, you know, not, like fruit and snack baskets all the time. Uh, like steak, you know. I was like real silverware and glass. And I remember man, suddenly that I was right with those other people. I just was like, I, I was drinking. I was like, hey, see you as you walk the, the, the walk of shame back to the back of the plane. And I realized, man, I, I, I was just sipping my ginger ale and just enjoying life. And here I found myself just feeling like, like I lifted up and elevated. And let me tell you, every person that comes to Jesus is, is lifted up and elevated. Every one of us are upgraded. Like life is upgraded. We're at a different level and we're in a different place. And I'm thankful thankful for that, that, that God changes that, and, uh, and that I don't have to just ride, I do ride coach all the time, but like those times when you get it and you're just a reminder, like God is good, and he wants to work in your life, and he does, he wants to do a miracle, and every person has a place. That woman that was a social outcast, she could reach for Jesus, and Jesus was going to say, listen, I see your faith, and I'm going to do something, and so no matter your background or where you've been, God's got something he wants to do for you, and then I think we got to remember today, too, that every person has a miracle waiting from Jesus. Every person has a miracle. When they get in the presence of Jesus and they bring their faith to him, listen, uh, Jarius didn't give up. He wasn't, he didn't, uh, when Jesus paused and, and um, uh, paused and healed that woman, he didn't let his frustration go to the point that he just walked away from his faith. But uh, even Jesus said, listen, hold on, like, let's still go, let's see. And I, I imagine that Jarius is probably in despair. He's got word that his daughter is dead, but he followed Jesus even in the detour. He's in this, this junk of life where he's just feeling this. And I, I think he's like looking at, you know, looking at that situation and he could be like, man, I'm happy for them, but God, where are you at in my? Like, where, where was the miracle? Like, if he wouldn't have been delayed by the woman and reaching out to him, like, he would have made it before his daughter died. And I could imagine even in that time span of that they're journeying to Jarius' house, and we don't exactly know how long that was. It maybe was a few hours or a day or something like that, but they're in a journey to Jarius' house right there, and uh, she passes away, and I got to think that there was probably some feelings there, Jarius, saying, listen, like, like I don't see it. Like, I wish, you, I wish I would have been ready, or I wish we would have been there already. And I think it's important for us to realize that every person, when their faith is big and strong, like when we have trust and we put it in God's hands, that God has a miracle waiting for them. And I think that we have to keep the right perspective because we might see God doing miracles in other people's life. We might see them being healed. We might see them being blessed financially. We might see them uh, uh, being, uh, getting freedom from some things and hurt in their past. We might see the spirit of God speaking to them and doing something powerful. We can't get jealous or angry at our situation and say, like, God, where are you at? We just let that be a sign and a testament to the power that God is about to work in your life. A while back, I got sick and had to go to the urgent care. Went to the urgent care, and nothing's more exciting than an urgent care waiting room. 
I don't know why, but it is, but it's like, it's like the people of Walmart, you know? Um, and so, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. That's, <laughs> forgive me. Because um, I am a people of Walmart, like, you know? I don't look like this, you know? Oh, I go to Walmart. Uh, but I remember being in the waiting room, and you know what? When I'm waiting there, and I'm waiting for my turn to go in, and there's people coming out, and they're coming out of that door, the mysterious door, they come out, and they're all done, and then they're out the door. And as they would come out and they're done, I didn't one time look at those people and think, I'm jealous of them. Like, I'm jealous that, they, that they're doing better now or that they got what they needed, that they were in front of me. I'm not like that. I, I actually just look at it and say, I just know that I'm next. Like, I'm one step closer to being next in that waiting room and in that waiting time. The same thing's true in your life. You might be in a season of waiting, but let me tell you, like God's got a miracle for you right on the other side. Yeah. Don't get frustrated, angry, don't, get, don't give up, but instead say, listen, I'm ready. I'm next for the miracle. Trust him. And that just shifts everything in our life. It shifts our perspective. It shifts who we are. And you see, when Jesus shows up and the people are like, listen, she's dead, like they laugh at him that he's just saying she's the girl, little girl's asleep. And I think we can look at it, things in our life, and we say that's hopeless or that's dead. That doesn't have possibilities. But the reality is that God can do all things and all things are possible and he's got a miracle waiting. And that should shift our perspective totally. And I see through this story, the bottom line is this right here, is that Jesus takes our pain and he gives us a new perspective. I'm thankful that I can take the pain of my life and that's where Jarius, I can't imagine the despair in the moment that he was in, but we have all kinds of different pain in life that we've had. We can take those things, we can bring them to Jesus, and he shifts and gives us a new perspective. Let me just give you a couple things as we wind this down this morning that are key ingredients to a miracle. A key ingredient, key ingredients to the miracle that God has for you. I think there's, we have a responsibility. Like God's gonna work, but we have to put ourselves uh, in his, in his uh, get close to him. We have to put ourselves next to him. So here's a few uh, key ingredients. These are real practical things. And maybe you say, okay, I need, to, I need to work on this. I need to do this. I need to apply that to my life. That's what this is this morning. Let me give you a, a couple key ingredients. The first is you gotta have a righteous pursuit. Jarius and that woman both pursued Jesus. They both pursued Jesus. The best way I can think about it is like you got to stop pursuing the Popeye's chicken sandwich and start pursuing the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, right? Come on, you guys, you know, right? Okay. You know, the Christian chicken, not the Popeye's chicken, you know? Like people in this world are going to say it's better, but it's not, okay? So like... It's all fun right there. But listen, the reality is we got to have a pursuit of God. We got to have a righteous pursuit. God, I want to go after you. I want to grab hold of everything you have. And then I, th I, I just say we also need a spark of faith. I don't say we need all the faith. I, I actually said it right there, like a spark, just like a glimmer, just like a mustard seed Bible. So like just a little bit of faith. And I'm thankful that God says when you just have a measure of faith that He's there on the other side of it saying, boom, I got you in this. And he says, I'll, I'll make it complete. That's what James 2.22, it says that like my faith is made complete in Christ Jesus. 
that like we just have to have a little bit and he's there to say, boom, I got you. Let me pick you up. So just have a spark of faith for your situation of where you're at. Pursue God, have a, have a spark of faith. And the last thing is just have a humble patience. And that's what I get from Jarius right there is ultimately like he was willing to see it through. He's willing to take a moment and trust God. He was willing to follow him even back to the house after he got the worst news possible. And he was able to trust God and we just got it. He was humble. He was just humble and saying, okay, uh, all right, I'll follow, I'll follow, I'll follow. And that's what we gotta do. Be patient for God to work in our life. Listen, Highmark Church, we're a church that believes in miracles. That's why we're always gonna be praying for him. That's why we're gonna believe in faith for him because we know that God has a miracle waiting for you. He, it may not look exactly the way that we thought, but he's got a miracle for you. And you know what? We're not stopping. We're not slowing down. We're on a mission to make Jesus known, make his name famous. We keep him at the center, uh, at the center of everything that we do because that's the name that we need to proclaim. That's the one that solves. That's the, the miracle that we get, and we're not stopping. And our prayer is that we're going to reach more people here in Indy that they're going to experience the power, the hope, the peace of God. We're going to reach people in our state. We're going to reach people in our country. We're going to reach people around the world. And that's why we're doing this miracle offering. That's why we're doing that. It's because we're leaning now in these moments into faith. And we know that God sent his son, Christ Jesus, so that we could have hope. And he sent, Christ, uh, he sent Jesus to seek and to save. And so we joined that mission. We're on the mission to seek and save those that need the hope and power of Jesus in their life. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.